Jesus, that's a hard name. Welcome back to Girls Talk Comics. This is your master of mediocrity, Erin, and your lieutenant literature, Jessica. And today, we are talking about Batman White Knight. Not that kind of White Knight, but yeah, that kind of White Knight. You got the double entendre of the <laughs> title. I appreciate it. It is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T, but when you read it, what does it mean? It, it, what does it mean? It, it seems like it means... Perfect. I mean, there's a lot, I think all of the things. It means a lot of things. It means a lot of things. So let me give a little spiel about it. This uh, Batman White Knight is a limited series, eight-part Batman series that is not connected to the main canon comic lines. It was written. Unfortunately. Girl. Um, (laughs) So it was done in 2017, uh, eight-part series. Uh, It's a great book that kind of talks about what happens when Batman goes a little too far and Joker goes sane. What? Yeah, right in like the first part of this first issue of this series, Batman is chasing Joker down. Batman snaps. They end up somewhere in a storage for old medications. And when Batman finally loses it, he's shoving pills down Joker's throat. Joker's choking. There's media catching this. Turns out those were experimental drugs that make Joker go insane. What? Yeah, so this becomes like a role reversal story. You have Joker, who's this victim of a vigilante who's pushing to do some really great work. Yeah. Like, his character, it really does get you. Like, this entire story is fantastic. And critics recognize that, too. It was well-received by critics. So oh, far, it hasn't really? won any awards, but it was really well done. Also, it seems to be, like, it, it's not main canon, but it references other non-main canon things. Yeah, it? I think it references Killing Joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it totally does. It's got really cool. It ties a lot of really great stories together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a top ten bestseller during its run, uh, getting multiple reprintings. Number one got four printings. The number, the second issue got three, and third and the four, third and fourth issues got two printings, and that's huge for comics. So good job, Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth did great stuff. Sean Murphy even did other things, like he did um, an older Hellblazer series. He did Teen Titans and Punk Rock Jesus. He did really great work. Well, and I I was looking it up right now. I like the I like the coloring in it too. So oh, yeah. Matt Hollingsworth did a good job. Yeah. Go you, Matt Hollingsworth. His I like how he does the shading. One thing that I really love when artists do is when they vary the amount of detail they put in things. And I understand you mm-hmm. have to do that, but narratively. I think this is done really well. It's all it's mostly dark. It's a very dark visually. It's a dark comic, and but it's got some really great characters. So they introduce Neo Joker, or they have Neo Joker in this book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Neo Joker's origin is pretty pretty darn cool. And I think we'll talk about that actually a little bit. Does Neo Joker come anywhere else in like the main series, like the main? I don't. I couldn't actually tell you because I don't read the main series, but let's we can look up some history of Neo Joker. Uh, yeah, the Neo Joker shows up in Batman White Knight, um, as the main villain that is their her origin. So let's talk let's talk about Neo Joker a little bit. So Jack Napier is Joker's real name, and when Joker allegedly. Jack Napier allegedly in in some versions of comics, which we're building off of with this one. Sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so Jack Napier, when he comes solo, he goes yeah. up to Harley, and Harley, this Harley, 
is based off of the current like Harley design, that yes. Suicide Squad design, that newer, um, you know, fishnets, short shorts, pigtail kind of design. Yeah. So the, he finally sits with her and is like, "Baby, we need to actually get married." And she, because he's saying now, he's saying, "Yeah, he's coming saying home now, to Harley." He's like, "You've done so much for me. Let's do it." This and is she, what you always wanted. Yeah, and she does not respond well. Turns out she's not the original Harley we knew and fell in love with the Batman animated series. She is somebody who also had Stockholm Syndrome that Joker adopted from a bank robbery Mm -hmm. after the original Harley left. And even then, Jack Napier and Harley have this beautiful conversation about Mm -hmm. how, like, he was so obsessed with stopping Batman. And after everything he did to Robin, she was like, I couldn't be there for it. And she left and she was like, you didn't even notice. But Harley comes back. Original Harley comes back. In her original costume. In her original costume, y'all. The greatest reveal. Such a good feeling. With hyenas, like I love her. Uh, I love her so so much. Phenomenal. And pretty much it's Jack Napier and Harley Quinn back together again. Power couple. Harley Quinzel is back. And it's sweet. And she's helping him kind of take over the city in a I I don't like to use the word sane, but in a sane composed way that people can accept. Yeah, there we go. Neurotypical. (laughs) way that people are accepting and empathizing with and 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 that's the that's the biggest thing of this this whole series for me for this whole limited run for me was mm-hmm. that god you're just so anti-batman on the whole thing it kind of brings up all of the stuff that was triggered by those movies you know like yeah. the movies that 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 trilogy that came out when i was in high school the dark knight series with the amazing Heath Ledger being the Joker like it did some stuff to the canon in my head because I didn't I don't read the comics but it did some stuff to the canon in my head that made me feel very dirty about Batman like he he became a one percenter in my head in a bad way that is like the modern taking of rich people is that they're evil and we should eat them and um (laughs) so this this thing whenever I was reading this thing it felt like it was addressing the older 90s movies it felt like it was addressing the dark knight movies it felt like it was addressing the suicide squad movies and it felt like it was like okay so what is the modern social political landscape and who is the bad guy yeah it does i think it really talks about like the violence that comes with batman and vigilanteism Mm -hmm. like at what point is it okay to do it at what point do you push the limit at what point are you harming others and so it talks about kind of the complicated nature of batman um versus the image of Jack Napier and you get to learn a little bit more about Gotham. Yeah. And who and who like what Gotham is. And they they also like the villains in this like Neo Joker's got a badass design, frankly. Um she does some pretty intense stuff. So they even bring they even bring back um Mr. Freeze. Make, so, yeah, and his yeah. beautiful wife floating yep. in the big old tank. They, um, Ooh, I forgot all about until I was reading this again. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's a thing. It, it's just, it's got a really, I, I can't say complicated because it does kind of wrap up. It's nostalgic. Yeah, it, it just, it pulls some good themes and it pulls some good characters together. And it has some really interesting stuff done and it just changes the nature of Batman in my opinion. I never, again, I'm not a main canon person for the Batman yeah. series because I, I don't know what's in it and I feel like the main Batman series can be a little bit tame a lot yeah. of the main because this is part of the DC black label mm-hmm. and so they're allowed to be a little bit more creative and be a little bit darker with things like that but they have some really good design and dialogue throughout it 
Um, but I totally recommend it. This book gave me goosebumps. Oh, man. And, you know, like... Goosebumps. It's such a morality tale. And I feel like... I feel like that's what I always thought Batman was. But then whenever you read stuff outside of canon... That, mm-hmm. I think that's what it does outside of canon, but I don't I don't know that it does that in canon anymore. And I don't know. I don't read canon, so I can't really speak to that. But I love it when it does this. Because I 100% hook, line, and sinker followed the narrative the way they wanted me to. Like, I felt what they wanted me to feel all the way up to mm-hmm. the end. Like, even when they kind of put a big old bow on it and make you feel good about life again, I was there beat for beat. And sometimes... You know, you see it, and you see where the dialogue's going, you see where the narrative's going, and you're like, okay, so they're going to want me to feel this way, and then it's going to be a shock, oh, it's a good guy's actually good, and we've been, like, strung along the whole way, and it doesn't, it doesn't clean up like that. It, it, mm. it stays complex even whenever you get back to yeah. something closer to the status quo. So, I guess that's a nice transition over into, like, how we recommend mm-hmm. reading it. I read it kind of all at once, but I read it slower. Yeah. And I've read a lot of things because I, I, it is easier to find it in a trade than it is in single issues because, again, it's a couple years old. Mm-hmm. But reading it, like, there's a lot to take in and process. And so it's one I would recommend reading in kind of a single issue pacing, if only so you can process what happens in the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, buying it in a collection is going to be easier, potentially cheaper. Um, but I do recommend pacing yourself through it. I had a friend of mine read it and he said he had to pace himself. Like he would go to the end of it, an issue in it and have to put it down to kind of digest. It is wordy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's thematic. Like yeah. it's, it's very kind of heavy in that sense that like, it's not one that you can just pick yeah. up, breeze through. Kind of like Sandman in that way too. Mm-hmm. Like you're reading a lot of text and you're, pulling apart a lot of moral quandaries and you're really navigating something that's complex so yeah that makes sense i didn't yeah. do that but i wish i would have <laughs> because it's just it's, well, it's know, a long read the story forget yeah, the story a little yeah. bit come back. Yeah. <laughs> um so that's how i recommend reading it but yeah. you know we never really talked about the women yet oh well i i kind of whenever i don't remember who suggested this but whenever i was looking at this i was like I want to do it because I'm a Joker fan, right? And then I read it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is almost entirely about women. This whole comic book is almost entirely about women and sort of their struggles. And mm, it is. it was kind of uh, interesting to read it. Like, the emotive conversation was yeah. happening from the perspective of women. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, Matt, or Sean and Matt really did use minority representation to understand the victimization of Joker and Batman, specifically Batman because he was wealthy. And so there are definitely women who are coming out and being like, you Joker did this and this and this, Mm -hmm. or you Batman are doing this, this and this. And it's even um, with some POC who are like, yeah, Yeah. the rich are doing this, this and this and this. And so that was police are doing doing this, this and this. So that was a really, um, I mean, an actual representation of, minority voices by having them quote say it rather than well you know statistically or whatever through the perspective of a white guy they had it done with like these are the actual people who are being victimized today and you know i don't i I, and i paused earlier i don't think it does pass the Bechdel test i don't think it does either i I don't think the girls actually talk to each other but like it doesn't i don't think 
good like good representation have to pass no because they because the women were done well like they were they were they were distinctive they had emotional signatures but this was done from joker and batman's perspective right so so yeah that i would say i still am 100 percent on board for this but because there was like more than at least 50 percent of the of the characters who were doing things and creating things and and analyzing things it, it was equal representation of the genders it had a good representation of pocs um and like you had a surprise second harley quinn when i thought i was only gonna have one when i read this so like hey yeah two harleys is better than one i guess yeah there was some pro- i mean like it's a regular it's yeah it's a it's a regular dc book so even though it does a really really good job there's like neo joker i love her character her origin is a bit like like it didn't work very hard whenever they were creating this person who would be following in for harleen quinzel because the thing about harleen quinzel is she is a smart capable woman who falls in love with the wrong person, right? And lover or hater, she's very comes from a place of strength and maybe some emotional like unstrength. I don't know, weaknesses. There you go. That's the unstrength word. Is weakness. Yeah, that's also Stockholm syndrome. Sto- Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, for sure. But then, like when they are like, "Oh, well, you're not Harleen. Who are you? How did you end up here?" She's just like, "I was gonna cut myself and die at work, but then he came and grabbed me and started talking to me like I was somebody else, and I went with it." You know, which is like. You know, that kind of dark, like, I mean, but that's the Harley people have wanted. Yeah. That's the Suicide Squad Harley. That's the... So it was a comment the, on it. I think it was a critique yeah. of it, and to some degree of, like, I mean, she beats the crap out of Jack Navy. Yeah, she does. She does. Because he's that. not the crazy person she wanted him to be, mm-hmm. which is, like, so what people wanted Suicide Squad Harley to be, and, mm-hmm. like, so counter to what the Batman animated series would talk about. Right. To it. Like, this isn't the Harley that I would go see run off with Poison Ivy. Right. And that that's the Harley that I love, and I think that's who... But neither of these Harleys are that Harley. No, neither one um, are. There, There is Ivy in here, and she is not addressed in that way, which is kind of sad, because it, it did tie so many of the other things that are my most beloved Batman representations together. Like, it's a killing joke, the, you know, mm-hmm. like, Harley the Harley Quinn from the original animated series, you know, the things that really felt like they were creating headspace for that character to live in for the rest of my life are the things that it pulled off of. Yeah. And, and it's kind of sad that it has to be outside of regular canon in order to have good stories. Guess what? I think the multiverse is a little shit. Like, the way that they do the major stuff with the DC and Marvel, they're just strapping themselves into some weak literature because they're just juggling so many, like, weights. They don't want to do anything risky with their characters. They don't want to... But that's how you make money. That's how you make money. But really, this is the stuff that makes me fall in love with comics. Oh, no, definitely. It's it's why I prefer smaller series and from more independent publishers. Yep. Um, and if there are some people who are in the industry who will talk about that. Yeah. So they'll talk about it. But I, I, again, the book gave me goosebumps, mostly because I do have kind of a professional and personal history with mental health. Right. 
and um, with social work and social justice, and it's, like, ominous at the same time, because, like, at first you're reading it, when it, we're going to talk about a little political, sorry, at first you're reading it, and you're hearing Jack Napier say these things, and you're hearing these people come and, you know, come around him to support him in this cause, this anti-Batman cause of, like, we're preventing vigilantism, we hate this exploitation, and how everybody's, like, yeah, you're right, but there's also this tone of, like, moral wrongness with it. So, mm-hmm. at first, I'm reading it thinking, like, is this going to be a critique on millennial culture right. and social justice culture? And it totally has that vibe for a while. A little bit. But well, then, the final issue, when Jack Napier and Batman finally get to talk to each other for the first time alone, mm-hmm. and the way they talk to each other, and the way Jack Napier confronts him about a lot of things, it totally undermines that entire vibe, um, and it totally like pull, it pulls everything together in a pretty, I think a pretty clear way. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, and not, not in a forgiving way. Um, I don't think either of them are exonerated of their history, but they totally drive home the complexity of humans and the complexity of this situation. Um, in a in a just an interesting way where mm-hmm. you can tell it's not it's not Sean making a jab at millennials or idealists. Um, it just kind of makes it talks about how they're both cogs in a greater machine, right? And they both can are representing separate sides of a coin. And, and um, it does so many things with it. Like the longer I think about it, the more I want to reread it. But the and maybe slower this time so that I can actually like think about Processing. it while I'm reading yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> binge culture, yay! Um, but it it does a lot about the the basis of his neuroses is basically fandom. Yeah. Joker Sorry. is just a fan like of Batman, and you see several panels explicitly showing him in a shrine full of Batman like T-shirts and posters and all of the figurines and like he's just worshiping at the altar of Batman, which is why Harley leaves him. Yeah. There's also yeah. he's also so White Knight has a sequel, mm-hmm. Curse of the White Knight. And that one, um they set it up pretty okay in this book because Joker talks about how he found Joker um at, at the bottom of Arkham essentially so they talk a lot about that more so in curse of the white knight than they do in white knight but he's like picking picked up this persona from before um and is pretty much just a fan and obsessing over batman Mm -hmm. yeah which is kind of what heath ledger's batman was like too yeah so i like that you made that analogy Mm because that i think really did like into it. I don't think they wrote Heath Ledger's Joker, no, so no, don't... they didn't do that. But when you were talking about the millennial aspect of it, it almost felt like Batman, like, like Joker in this one was a millennial. I mean, it could be, like, age range-wise in this, because guess what? We're old now. But, um... Don't let them know. <laughs> Keep them angry at teenagers. Right. <laughs> let us go. <laughs> but that obsession is part of it with me as well. And the fact that, like, in a lot of ways, when you want to do something good, you know, like, 
everybody the the complexity of interpersonal relations is such that even if you want to do good things you can come across as a dick like if you're like i want to be there and help support women and you got a penis and you do it the wrong way it can cause more problems than it helps so like you're seeing joker kind of do that a little bit but like in a problematic yeah yeah in a and problematic it, way, obviously. And then they reframe Batman in that same context yes. of, like, Batman, you're wealthy and you're wanting to do well, but you're doing a lot of harm, literally, yeah. like, <laughs> like, to people who are people. poor. Yeah. Like, like, you, can't, you can't keep doing that, buckaroo. Which is a good thing in the way that we analyze all of these sacred totems of our culture, because, like, the new Star Wars trilogy did that a little bit, too, where they were, like, so... You don't think the people who are building the space cannons are building them for both sides? Like there's a there's yeah. a there's a there's a housing market that's that's driven by a bunch of greedy wealthy people that are just making money off of the fact that Batman goes and wrecks a lot of shit. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. It's so it's it's good. I'm here for it so hard, I'm here for it. Yeah. But I do need to reread it at a slower pace because I have a personal problem with putting things down once I start and I need to mm-hmm. this is this is complex. This is worth having the book on your shelf to go back and read and read again because it's not going to be something that you're like, Oh, I got it. It's like I read it and then every time you read it you're gonna find something new, which is I think like what it's the kind of comic book that makes me love it as much as I love reading books like science fiction fantasy books when I was a little girl because if they do their job well, they're helping you learn things about yourself in the world while you're reading their stuff. It's got, it's just, it's just, it's good. It's so good. It's good. I mean, I think one quote from Harley, and I flipped to it, but I think it's, it's really great, is uh, it's in reference to Jack Napier and Batman, and it's uh, that maybe if you two weren't so stubborn, you, you'd realize how similar you've become, so... Take that as you will. <laughs> and it's just And I don't know, have you have you read any of the bad girl stuff? No. No, you yeah, haven't? Okay, I need to revive because it looks lame. But I wonder if he did sort of that same thing with Batgirl too, like drawing on sort of the the cultural gaius of it and, and kind of helping create a coherent picture because God some of this shit's really opaque and having outliers like this that create good clear pictures for casual fans of this shit is just god you're doing you're doing the lord's work sean murphy for real he is and i i recommend if you want and maybe we can do it as an episode but the curse of the white knight i say yeah i say this yeah. is We've been kind of doing this thing, sneaky, sneaky, where we keep reading until we hate it. So I think this, I think we should do that with this as well because I loved it. Good. It's also a limited series, so we can do it in one yes. go. Keep an eye out for that episode. Keep it, keep it tuned in. Tune, yeah. tune in and rip off that dial, as they used to say when things were analog. Things I learned today. I, I don't know. Radio okay. stations, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Who knows. Well, thank you for joining us, and please continue to overthink your media. Bye. Bye. Getting things done. 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 Getting things done.